Just a brief note from the editor. This mini-interview for the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable was conducted on Thursday, April 24th, 2014, the day before the big announcement from Disney that Star Wars continuity would be changing quite a bit. Bear that in mind as you listen to the episode. You're listening to the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable, the official Star Wars Rebels discussion podcast of StarWarsReport.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RebelsRoundtable, on Twitter at RebelsRound, or through our website, RebelsRoundtable.com. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, so strap yourselves in and welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very special, introductory, supplemental, exclusive, and all-around awesome episode of Rebels Roundtable. It's so cool to actually be saying that. Hey, I'm Riley Blanton, host of the Star Support Podcast. Some of you may have heard of me. Many of you probably not, because you're listeners of the fantastic Republic Forces Radio Network Clone Wars podcast. But what I'm here to do is to introduce one of uh, my favorite Star Wars podcasters in the universe and the guy... I heard Star Wars podcasting long before I even began uh, doing this stuff, uh, and I want to introduce him, talk a little bit about the new show, and a little bit about his Star Wars fandom. Let's bring to the program Mr. Nathan Butler. How are you, sir? I am doing very well. Excellent. Good to hear. Man, we actually, like, in Star Wars podcasting, I was looking at the last time I had you on the Star Wars Report, and I'm just going to get it right out of the way right now. I, I, I confess it's been entirely too long how are you, as a Star Wars fan, doing these fine days? I am, you know, I'm doing okay, I would say. You know, we're enjoying recording the last few uh, episodes to cover the Clone Wars stuff with the team and everything. It's, I'm excited for Rebels Roundtable, and at the same time, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a dark time for the fandom, as we really have no idea what's coming Especially since I'm such an EU fan, who knows what the heck's going to happen with that? But I guess there's there's some measure of fun in the anticipation and the not knowing at times. <laughs> that does seem to be the mantra of especially expanded universe fans these days, where it's like, you know, it's almost exciting that storytelling is getting bold in some ways, where it's no longer as predictable as the George Lucas days, but also bold doesn't necessarily mean good, you know. You can be very bold and or uh, dramatic with changes in storytelling, and it doesn't always turn out well. But sometimes, you know, sometimes it does. But basically what we're going to be doing here is just going over, this is going to be like, kind of like a brief mini-episode. I'm going to ask Nathan a few questions about his Star Wars fandom and kind of get a feel for Nathan as a host. And then, uh, Nathan, you'll be carrying on that tradition, introducing in uh, the future mini-episodes uh, the rest of the roundtable for Rebels Roundtable. So I'm super excited to be talking to you, but I want to start things off. Just asking you the general question, how did you first become a Star Wars fan? Well, I guess you could say that I've sort of been a Star Wars fan pretty much as long as I can remember. If you're just talking about, you know, the films and playing with toys and such. Uh, my mom took me to see, according to her, you know, I have no proof of this because I was too young. She apparently took me to see The Empire Strikes Back when I was basically a year old. And if you're <laughs> listening out there and you live in the Atlanta slash Fayetteville area, please don't do that. I, I don't. I dislike when people do that. Um, so love yeah. my mother, but holy crap! Um, as much as I complain about theaters around here, I'm sorry. I'm gonna interrupt for a second. I was link baited into a BuzzFeed article 
that linked uh, it was a, it had a screen capture of a tweet from Emma Watson from Harry Potter mm-hmm. and it was just her whining about people uh be with with terrible terribly behaved children in movie theaters and i just thought you know if it can happen to Emma Watson it certainly can happen to everyone else so yes small mini psa right here please when you go see that midnight premiere of Star Wars episode 7 uh hire the babysitter and when it comes on to tell you to turn off your cell phone, turn off your freaking yap. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but so, I mean, I, I don't remember that, but I was taken to see, was from some of my earliest memories being taken to see Return of the Jedi again and again in the theater when I was about, I guess it was like four years old, give or take. And for me, I guess that got me into Star Wars viewing and playing with the toys. So, you know, I was, we, we used to have, uh, you know, go back in the old days of VHS players and recorders, VCRs, they called them, uh, uh, our first being one with a, a remote control that had a stinking wire to it, it's that old. We had recorded Empire Jedi and Making of a Saga, the, from Star Wars to Jedi, the Making of a Saga thing, on a VHS tape. And the end result was that I saw those over and over and over again as a child and really got into them, uh, but never had a copy of A New Hope at home. So it was really those that, that engendered the fandom for me. Uh, it was only later that I wound up with a copy of A New Hope and watching those over and over and over again. Uh, uh, actually, my first big purchase ever that I think of as a big purchase when I was younger was uh, giving my mom $100 from saved allowances. Please order for me this letterboxed widescreen first VHS version in that format thing. But really for me, what really kicked things off was uh, in 1992 at a bookstore Back in Evansville, Indiana, I ran into Dark Force Rising when it was out in hardback. And at that point, the only other modern EU novel was the paperback that was sitting there of Heir to the Empire. So I picked up those. It was around the same time I was first visiting comic shops by being taken there by my parents and got the first few issues in second printing form, if I remember right, of Dark Empire. And that was really it for me. It was getting into the expanded universe stuff, realizing this is bigger than just these films that I've been watching over and over. So I'm a much bigger fan now than I yeah. was, say, going into the early 90s and such, and the EU really was a big part of that. But I've like, been a fan as long as I remember. Was there was it like one of the turn dial knobs that slowly fades the light on, or was it a light switch where suddenly you found yourself, okay, this is now really cool? It was sort of the, well, it's at an, about a 7 or an 8, and now we've got it up to a 10 kind of jump. Uh, so I guess it's sort of like a light switch, but it wasn't a huge jump to make because I was a huge fan of the films. I just didn't realize there was other stuff out there as, aside from... You know, just, you know, little kids activity books and stuff like that that I had when I was younger. The handful of Marvel comics that seemed so arcane back in the day that I had, you know, beaten up from the grocery store. That was all I knew existed at the time. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that it's so strange because the stories, I never get tired of asking these questions because I've done enough various Star Wars interviews with people who are professional in it or, or just fans like us. And it's interesting because no no story is ever the same. Uh, and, and like, I wanted to ask you about ways you, uh, express your fandom, but I think a better way to phrase the question is, like, if there was one way that you express your Star Wars fandom, one aspect of your Star Wars fandom that you could keep, even if everything else were to fall away, uh, what would that be? Jeez, um... <laughs> See, I thought it's too easy just to yeah, ask. It's, yeah, too easy to talk about Star Wars. I thought I'd throw you a little harder one there. Well, you know, I mean, I do the story collecting, the comics, the novels and such. Yeah, I do the Star Wars Timeline Gold as a way to keep track of the chronology and such. I do the podcasting, which has been a lot of fun over the last few years. 
uh, or shoot, the last decade plus, I guess, at this point, like 12 years of podcasting now. You know, I don't know. I think that it would either be doing the timeline or doing the podcasting. I love the video stuff I've been doing recently, the from the Star Wars library stuff. Yeah. No, but, I noticed you just got up uh, a, a, a database on StarWarsReport.com now mm-hmm. where folks can actually uh, see all of that. Yeah, we just got a, and got a shout-out today for one of the episodes of that from Abel Pena, which was pretty cool. Oh, really? Uh, nice. uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. I like the doing the video stuff, and I like doing the collecting, but I'm not sure if when it comes to expressing the fan of which I would go with, whether it was the timeline or it was the podcast. I guess part of it would be just waiting to see what's going to happen next. Because if you do wind up in a situation where the, the Star Wars saga kind of goes back to zero... Here's a good question. A year... No, let's say two years from now, do you think... Are you more likely to be still doing Star Wars podcasting or still doing the timeline? Which one's more likely to be carrying on? I mean, maybe both, but... Yeah, it's, 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 more... it's, it'd be both, but I expect that... Um, I guess if I had to choose between the two, I would have to say probably the timeline. As much fun as podcasting has been over the years, I feel almost an obligation with the timeline. There really isn't anything else of the size and breadth of the Star Wars timeline gold out there anymore. So it's kind of like if I were to get rid of that as a resource, that really leaves only Wikipedia out there as something comprehensive, but it's not designed as a chronology. So I'd almost feel like if I had to choose, I would have to choose a Star Wars timeline gold. Otherwise, I'd be sort of doing a disservice to the fans that from time to time rely on it. Yeah, though, and it's, it is like a really uh, personal passion project for you, I know. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for, you know, since 1997. You know, when I turned 36, I will have officially been doing it for half my life. So it's kind of one of those, um, I'd like to see it go as long as the Star Wars saga continues to grow. I know it's on StarWarsFanWorks.com, but there's also, you guys, if you go to StarWarsReport.com on the top menu, there's a uh, button that says Expanded Universe. Mm-hmm. That takes you straight there if you guys are interested, because I, I feel like not enough people know about this. More, because it's just a remarkable piece. Hey, by the way, have you ever considered like a Google Drive version, like an online one that uh, folks could take a look at, even if it were just locked to where you would be the only one editing? Or is it still is, is it still a downloadable only it's still a downloadable only, but my plan is that at least for the next uh, upcoming releases, whenever the next one comes out this summer, to start putting it more as sort of a here's the PDF you can directly download type of thing instead of having it zipped. That way for those who want to put it into, you know, iBooks or something, sure. uh, just automatically download it in there because we've got those nice covers on there yeah. uh, that William Devereaux put together for us. That It's just kind of one of those things where I want to make it more accessible, but at the same time I've had so many times of people messing around with it or basically saying uh you know here's this that's supposedly from an official source when it was really just something from the timeline where it was somewhat conjecture on my part and that sort of thing that you know part of me has a paranoia about fully making it editable but then again it's not like somebody couldn't just copy and paste it out of acrobat see i'm I'm thinking of the old days where you couldn't copy and paste easily out of acrobat now i guess it's not such a big deal sure sure no that makes that makes sense well it is like i said it's a fantastic resource if anyone listening to this hasn't checked it out, do yourself a favor and and do so. But you know, we're at the end. Uh, you know, Star Wars Rebels is starting up the era of the Clone Wars, both in terms of uh, television and probably in terms of storytelling in general, has now come to a close. Like, what are your overall thoughts on uh, you? You've been doing Republic Forces Radio for how long? Oh well, I've been part of that since I guess it was Clone Wars season three, and before that, I was doing reviews on my own, which I guess. A lot of people probably haven't heard at this point for my old podcast, The Butlerniverse. So those are actually up um, StarWarsFanWars.com slash it's Butler, 
and then universe with the U taken off, made into one word, but Learniverse. It's a idea Rich Siegfried came up with the years ago, I believe. But I mean, I've been reviewing them since the beginning. I've been part of RFRN since, uh, I'd say about season three-ish, I want to say. Like, if you're going to just describe Clone Wars in a few words, now that the whole process is done, how would you describe the show? Uh, let's see, it could begin with what the, and then we'll have to figure out an expletive that's kind of listener-friendly. No, um, yeah, what the crypt? No, I would, <laughs> I would say, I would actually say that the probably the best thing to describe would be to say stick with it. Because that was a series wow. that, it, there, there's a night and day difference when you get to the middle of season three and it jumps ahead a year or two to later in the war. It goes from, I mean, the, my first impression being very freaked out about the fact that, oh crap, here was this intricately planned, planned out by the week in some cases, storytelling era. The most intricately well-planned era in Star Wars comic and novel and game storytelling. And now here's Lucas dropping essentially a, a wrecking ball into the mix coming in, smashing into it, and basically saying, look, you know, here's this apprentice we never knew about, and then when it premiered, it's... Stop for just a second and, and say that I had suddenly had a very vivid image of George Lucas in his plaid shirt uh, swinging back and forth on a large construction model. Oh, no. no. <laughs> With walls around the room all labeled continuity. Uh, uh, now I'm... Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. That, what we that's need fun. is George Lucas licking... A hammer like freaking Miley Cyrus. That's the, exactly the image that I wanted to have in my head tonight. Uh, you're welcome. You're you're most welcome. I'm I'm here but to serve. No, uh, it's because yeah, like Nathan, you and I, anyone who's listened to us before, like you, you're much more continuity. And I'm much on the other side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Where it's not not as much my thing, but it's it's interesting just to see how that's that worked because you're, regardless of continuity, the Clone Wars had is really struggled in some episodes to find its way. But man, when it was good, it oh was yeah, good. yeah, when it was good, it was great. I mean, the first half. Struggled from the fact that the episodes were out of chronological order, so that sometimes made it confusing to see certain episodes. And just, they introduce Ahsoka, and she has all those kitty qualities that makes you want to bang your head against the desk. Like, you know, you know, Sky Guy and Snips, this is what we lost that previous continuity possibly for. That was kind of a, a big frustration. But then when they make that leap, they start telling the stories more in a linear fashion. The stories get more adult, they get darker, they get deeper, and they explore concepts that... I mean, it's been explored in many cases in the expanded universe before, but we're seeing it on screen with these characters. It winds up getting to a point where, I've said this on the uh, Star Wars Beyond the Films before plenty of times, that if it came down to the old continuity of the Clone Wars or the one as created by the show, now I'd be cool with either one being the one superseding because the show got really, really good. If you could go back to the, to the Nathan Butler of, say, late 2008, that would be hard to convince him that that would be the case. Oh yeah, I would have to probably show him the uh, the Maul and Death Watch arc or something to say, no, I promise it gets better, you know, I mean, it, she still has a boob window, but they get better and actually do something more mature that's not all just goofy and has you shaking your head and, and hearing the complaints of the adults about, you know, Ahsoka's attire and such. But no, it, it got really good and it became Star Wars. Jerry from Republic Forces Radio Network is fond of saying... Uh, when looking at certain episodes, that it really felt like Star Wars to him. And I think that Clone Wars, when it was at its best, really felt like Star Wars. And when you've got that in film form, where you've got uh, the music and the sound effects and all the great visuals and such, especially when you've got it on uh, HD Blu-ray and such, then I think you've reached a point where it feels enough like Star Wars and is, is as fun to watch sometimes as some of the films, in fact, more than some of the films, <laughs> Phantom Menace. 
that you really get to the point where it's hard to say well, that it wasn't an experiment that proved itself, but it certainly has caused its share of problems. Well, and when you talk about it feeling like Star Wars, I couldn't agree more uh, with you, well, with, with Jerry, through you. Going forward with what we've seen of Star Wars Rebels kind of shifting the, uh, shifting the focus a little bit, mm-hmm. do you think that that's something that we're in store for again under Dave Filoni's direction, or do you think that Star Wars field, are you at all worried that that won't be there? You know, I'm just kind of, I mean, as far as expectations of Rebels and, and where they go, the fact that it's still Filoni, but Lucas himself is not directly involved anymore to come in and say, hey, let's just throw Greedo in there. I know it screws up stuff, but let's just throw him in there. Ooh, Quinlan Boss looks cool. Let's make him a beach bum kind of stuff. One of the greatest surprises that I actually ended up really liking was Kit Fisto's voice. Their voice casting was always really good. I will ignite my lightsaber, man. No, I, was, I, was, I, I just kind of wish now he had dialogue in Revenge of the Sith, because that would be hilarious and, and totally destroy the mood of the scene when they confront Sidious. Yeah, yeah, probably. I am the Senate. Very well. I guess what I, what I would say is that with Filoni in charge, if they approach it the way they approached the last couple seasons of Clone Wars, if they approach it in terms of story arcs, yeah. not just one-offs, about character development over time that has real payoff, Please, and they yeah. and they don't treat Ezra as if being a young character in a time of war makes you a smart aleck all the time and makes you annoying to any adults around you, like they sometimes did with Ahsoka. I think that it'll play out better. I mean, he, they've learned a lot of lessons about how to use resources well, how to use their vocal talent very well to tell good stories. It's sort of like unless Filoni has pulled a stormtrooper and walked his head into a door frame and has suffered a concussion, we should be in for something better than what we saw before. And, and at this point, we don't know what's going to happen continuity-wise anyway. So I expect to see something good and that in some ways breaks new ground because they're in an interesting time period. They may be totally free of pre-existing EU stuff, even with the story group if they decide to kind of relaunch canon for all we know. But even then... As long as they are more, even if the EU stands as it is, as long as they are more respectful to what has come before, not necessarily in using it, but just not trampling it, which seems to be the way Filoni sometimes leans. It seems like that was more Lucas's doing, the trampling. I think we're in for something really good and something that'll be better than Clone Wars was, perhaps even better within a, a year or two than Clone Wars was at its end, if they go with the lessons that they've learned from Clone Wars. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see, because I think it's still kind of nebulous as to what decisions were made by whom. Like, if something happened in a Clone Wars episode and you're like, whose idea was it for Jar Jar? Uh, what was the episode? Like, whose idea was it for Jar Jar to fall in love with a female Gungan in season one? What was that episode? The Dr. Vindy Oh, episode. that Peppy Bow and the... the, the, what's that, the, the mis- it's a blue shadow virus, yeah. The, the blue shadow virus! Yes, that. That episode is a good example, and I, I always hate, I, I just realized I do, I just now am guilty of something that I hate, which is focus on like the few episodes that just really didn't hit the mark at all, but that's a good example of... A sunny like, day in the void. They talk and, about killing themselves, they make you want to kill yourself while <laughs> watching. But like, there are those episodes that like, when you, at the end of the day, you're like, I wonder who made this decision? And I think like, when, when we see Star Wars Rebels, that's going to become a lot more apparent as to the thematic style of the storytelling. It'll be very. It'll tell us a whole lot about it because I think some of the best, you know, some of the best stuff from the Clone Wars came from George Lucas, and maybe some of the worst stuff as well. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, see where it goes from there. Somebody really had to have a sense of fun and amusement with it when they were sitting back thinking of all the people that they could bring in to voice 
a Jedi character, somebody in the room said, you know who would be cool for this? Freddie Prince Jr. Anybody <laughs> who has that kind of reaction after seeing something like Wing Commander, they've got to have an interesting quirk to their uh, their way of looking at things. I think that allows uh, us to, a, a good sense that there's going to be some creativity behind this. It's not going to be all rote, safe stories. Sure, hopefully, and I and I think I think that's what we're in store for. Well, uh, before we wrap things up, uh, Nathan, I want to give you some opportunity for some final thoughts, and then what I want you guys to do is we'll give you some information on how to stay in touch with the show as it gets ready to launch and all that good information. But first, uh, Nathan, any final thoughts? Uh, no, just that I'm you know excited for uh, Rebels Roundtable and for Rebels, of course, itself. I hope. All those folks who've been listening through a Republic Forces Radio Network and Star Wars Beyond the Films will both hop on board with the new show here. We've got our last episodes dealing with the Clone Wars Season 6 already out there uh, within the feed. Then you've got these. We'll be putting out some of those little Star Wars Report-style data bursts anytime we have new information. We actually have one of those coming up with Barrent, who was at a recent convention where they revealed quite a bit of the new information about uh, Star Wars Rebels. And mm-hmm. really just, you know, that you hop on board for the ride. We intend to be much more interactive this time around than with RFRN when it comes to uh, social media. So you'll see us doing more with Twitter, with at Rebels Round, more with Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Rebels Roundtable. Maybe less in terms of voicemails, though we'll try to keep that going as well, but certainly a lot more of the you don't have to give your thoughts and then wait weeks to hear from us, that there's much more direct interactivity with this. That I'm really excited about because we have a great audience out there from RFRN, but we didn't a lot of times have a chance to interact quite as much uh, in real time with the social media aspect of that one. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, for you guys who came in here from, from Star Wars Report and you heard me, I'm super excited for what you guys have in store. Uh, and thanks for letting me hijack this this first kind of uh, mini episode introducing you guys. So I'm super excited to see what you guys do here on, on Star Wars Report. We certainly welcome you guys to the fold of ever-increasing podcasts here at StarWarsReport.com. So yeah, stick with them. Follow them on Twitter. It's at RebelsRound. It's Facebook.com slash RebelsRoundTable. And uh, also, do not forget, you want to rebelsroundtable.com will just forward you straight to the category on our site if you want to go straight there. But also, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, what I want you to do, I implore you as a huge Star Wars fan and a huge fan of the work of uh, all of the Republic Forces guys, and especially you, Nathan, uh, is if you're listening to this, it's probably very likelihood, uh, very likely rather, that you're listening to this in the first few weeks of release into the feed over at iTunes or whatever your podcatcher of choice is, like Stitcher. What's very important is that you leave a rating and review and let folks know what you guys think of these first few episodes and what you're most looking forward to about Rebels Roundtable or just Star Wars Rebels in general, because that's a great way to, uh, first of all, let those guys know uh, what you want to see out of the show. But if you do so in that kind of public form, it really helps boost the rankings of the show and more people will see it and more people will discover uh, the show as it as it goes. So I'm super excited for you guys. Uh, again, yeah, please uh, leave ratings in iTunes and the other podcatchers. Follow them up on Facebook and Twitter. And I think that's going to wrap it up. Thanks for uh, joining us and listening to this introductory episode. And uh, stay tuned for much more good stuff. Thanks again, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable. Interact with us online at facebook.com slash rebelsroundtable or on Twitter at rebelsround. Also, be sure to visit rebelsroundtable.com when looking for an episode directory of the show. The Rebels Roundtable team is proud to carry on the legacy of Venganza Media's Republic Forces Radio Network podcast. We invite you to visit republicforces.com's archive section to hear many of the team members' thoughts on the Clone Wars, droids, Ewoks, and the Clone Wars micro-series. And check out Star Wars Beyond the Films, 
the official Expanded Universe podcast of StarWarsReport.com, hosted by Nathan and Mark, which you can find amongst the 2nd Airborne Division podcast network on StarWarsReport.com.